Hello everyone, this is Brittany Hill and you're tuning in to Six Feet Apart, where I'm chatting with people in my network while we all have a little bit of extra time on our hands at home. We will cover who they are, how the coronavirus is affecting their network, tips they have for staying sane during this time of chaos, and so much more. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, just a quick note that this episode is going to be a little bit different because though I typically focus on the coronavirus and how it's affecting various industries, it's impossible to ignore the state of the world right now. And it's imperative to lift up the voices of the black community and get their perspective about what has been going on across the US since the death of George Floyd. My guest today is a good friend and someone who I deeply respect and admire, Dozy Amajoy. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. This is a very special episode, Um, but I really just think it's important for me to note that I'm at the very beginning of my own journey of looking at my own privilege in the eye. So for my guest, um, who's going to introduce himself in just a moment, I I just want to make sure to to, for you to point out to me if there's anything that I say that might be considered ignorant or offensive or anything to the like. And I just want to say that I know it's not your job to educate and inform white people like myself about how we can help the black community. So I'm just so appreciative of you taking the time to come on here um, more than you know. So with that, um, I do want to introduce Dozer and I'll let him um, introduce himself and then just talk a little bit about how we know each other. Hello, Britt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm Dozy Amajoy. Um, Dozy. <laughs> A.K.A. Uh, the Dozer. Um, first of all, I think uh, we both are people with great energy and great spirit. So oh. naturally, some point in our life, we were going to align. That's the way things work. So Absolutely. it happened already. Um, and we, uh, we worked together at Tech Systems, the Systems of Tech, <laughs> where we were both uh, technical recruiters. And um, the best in the office. I, I, I think it was. Uh, nah, we got some listeners, so. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think, want to start the competition. I don't know. If people would argue <laughs> with that. <laughs> yeah, we, were, we were pretty decent at what we were doing, you know. So. Yes, we Love spent it. many a, a birthdays together, a Tahoe trips together. Remember oh, yeah. that? More, <laughs> more happy hours than I can count. So we have yeah. definitely put in some time and I just seriously could not be more excited to have you on here. I love it. Yeah. Really so excited. Yes. So we work together at Tech Systems and I'm just going to kind of jump right in here um, talking about, I know that your Nigerian background is something that you have always been really proud of. Um, yeah. knew that about you just kind of upon meeting you. Um, so I would love for you just to talk a little bit about your culture and your kind of family's background. Nice. Oh yeah. So you said it. Um, I'm Nigerian. My parents are from Nigeria. Um, to be specific, they're from Emo State. Um, and then um, the town, city um, area is called Orlu, Emo State. So that's where my parents are from, like literally like the village, you know. Mm-hmm. So my mom and my dad um, actually grew up in neighboring villages. So oh. it's like, um, you know, how he tells it is that like he used to see my mom walking around and she was just like, the one, you know, oh, it's like, no matter what, <laughs> um, you know, I got to, you know, make sure that uh, I'm a good guy, eligible guy, successful person, so I can get this woman right here. Oh so my, my mom was like the, the, the prize of her, her village. Wow. So literally one of those stories where it's like, <sighs> you know, it was very, you know, hard for him to get, you know, yes. from her when he worked, you know, extremely hard to impress her and mm. to 
show, you know, that he has what it takes to, you know, be her man. Yeah. Uh, you know, they made that happen. So, um, yeah, my parents met, uh, they met in uh, the late 70s, um, or actually mid-70s, so okay. excuse me. And then um, after they got married, uh, they moved out to the U.S. So my dad was in school, so um, he moved out as a student. Um, to, uh, the, he initially flew into New York, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, he his school was going to be in Texas, so he went to Southwest Texas State. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he started first. Um, got everything kind of underway, and then like he helped my mom get into school too. Wow! So, um, so he was ready in his uh, his MBA program, mm-hmm. uh, and he helped my mom get into her master's program. Wow! Um, so by that time, um, while they were both in their master's program, uh, my brother, my older brother, so I'm the second of four boys. So mm-hmm. I have to add that. So I only have three brothers. It's all boys in the house. Um, so uh, yeah, when my parents uh, moved out here, they finished school. Um, they had my brother. Um, once they started working in Texas, I came second mm-hmm. well, four years afterwards. Then their life changed for the better. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, but yeah, so like I, my, my parents used to tell me all the types of crazy stories about just what it was like, you know, yeah. coming from Africa um, in the 80s, yeah. uh, moving to the U.S. And like, you know, just thinking about that transition. And <clears throat> um, it, it was just a really big thing. So um, you know, how they kind of explain it was, um, in my, my dad's side, uh, my dad's family, he was pretty well known as just a high achiever and mm-hmm. someone who's like actually a smart person yeah. um, in, uh, in his own household. So kind of what happened was he's the third, um, uh, he's the third son in his house. Um, his, uh, his older brother went into like trading. Um, my uncle uh, went into trading. Both of his older brothers went into, you know, like family business in mm-hmm. regards to like selling. Okay. trading going to the market and stuff but because my dad was you know like the smart one the brains kid, of the operation <laughs> yeah you know so everyone kind of pulled together mm-hmm. um to make sure that he got educated and he went to school wow it's literally one of those things that it's like we all can't go to school so you know they had to choose so it was more of like his older brothers like saw whatever was in him potential and if people like you know save their money um, to help him pay for school. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, you know, his older siblings didn't go to school because mm-hmm. there was only enough money for one of them to go to school. So yeah. it was really one of those situations where it's like, you know, we're putting, we're investing in you. Um, Did, so then when he was yeah. getting ready to go to the U.S., it was like, you know, everyone's kind of betting on you <laughs> to, to, to get over there and to be successful. So it was a, a little bit more pressure, you know, than a lot of us, you know, think about when you come from another country with literally barely nothing, you know, cause it's not like your parents, your parents literally are in a village. So mm-hmm. it's like they have true money to like give mm-hmm. you, like think about that. Like, you know, I grew up, my parents, anytime I go to, when I, every time I come home from college and I'm leaving, my mom will give me like a hundred dollars back to school and, you know, be good and you know, something like that. But yeah, to think about their scenarios, like get on a plane, yes. <laughs> fly to another country. It's like, you know, no phones, no nothing. Like, you know, we, can't give you any money, you know, when you yes. land, you got to figure it out. So, you know, wow. that's you know, a lot of what, you know, my dad gets it from. Oh my, I just feel like even point. hearing that small five minutes of your life, I have, so, or their life, I could go off on so many tangents. And I, I just yeah. want to make a couple of comments. Number one yeah. is the way that you've always talked about your mom, like she is a queen. And I right. totally see why, like she raised four boys. 
like at coming from Nigeria, knowing that she was probably the prize, like of her, of her village. Like, I think it's so amazing to now hear that background story, but to also know you personally and know how much you've always talked about your parents and how much you love them and admire them. So I just, I, I never knew kind of that background, but I'm sure that your mom is just the strongest, most amazing. I've seen her. She's beautiful. And so that's really cool. Um, and with your dad, I'm sure that that came with additional pressure to be successful if his entire family kind of um, was investing, like you said, everything in him. So with yeah. that, you said he went on to get his MBA and then and then what? Yeah. So um, now, you know, my dad has his MBA, uh, MBA um, and my mom has a master's in education. Wow. Um, so, you know, they both graduated from uh, Southwest Texas State mm -hmm. and, you know, what type of roles did they get as soon as they graduated? <laughs> um, it's not, you know, the, the shiny one. Totally. You know, so, you know, they definitely started again from the bottom. Like yep. I'm talking about my dad with an MBA while, while he was in school, mm -hmm. like I said, you know, there was no finances. So right. he worked as a janitor at a bowling alley. Mm -hmm. He worked at a, as a taxi driver. Um, he worked at just like a maintenance person, you know, so he did a whole bunch of odd jobs while he was in school um, to kind of finance. And to also add to that is that, um, they didn't even have, um, they're, they're obviously foreign students. So like, not even to think about like out of state tuition. I think they have like a crazy out of country tuition, tuition. Like, yeah, out of like a, a foreigner's tuition. Wow. So, so now that, you know, these are, their situation is like, they had literally have zero to, you know, to little and you know, like they're paying, you know, tuition that's more than the, you know, the average student, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you've got to continue to think about like the, the incline, you know, totally. You know? situation of life to get to where they're at you know it's they've been on an incline the whole time yeah um so yeah uh once they graduated my dad uh, got a job at wells fargo as a mm -hmm. bank teller mm -hmm. and mom she was actually uh she used to clean um at uh marriott's okay um, so she used to you know uh, be one of the, the maids helping yeah. out and, and you know clean the rooms and also in the kitchen and stuff like that she was working in um hotels cleaning um, while my dad had just got a job as a bank teller, um, and this is still in Texas. Um, so, and while they were both working, like my grandma, so I only had, um, when I was born, um, we only had, uh, only had one grandparent that was still alive. Mm -hmm. So both of my dad's parents had passed away, um, and my mom's dad had passed away. So just my grandma, um, in Nigeria. So, um, my grandma was the one that they brought my grandma out and she's the one that like took care of me. When okay. I was that's what they always tell me. She's she's passed away now. She passed away when I was in high school. But mm. my mom always tells me, like, you know, your grandma raised you for like your first like three or four years of life. Like all the years that I won't remember. Um, but, but that were it, so impactful. But though, yeah, exactly. Since I was an infant, it, yeah. to help my parents be able to go to work. Wow. Um, you know, my grandma was there to take care of, you know, my myself and my brother. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So that's kind of the, the story before um, we moved to California. Mm -hmm. uh, we moved to Southern California in like... 93, mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah, like 93. Okay. Uh, and then my my uh, my first younger brother was born. Um, and then uh, my other brother was born a few years later. But um, yeah, so when we moved to Southern California, my dad was still working for Wells Fargo. Um, and my mom, um, she wasn't working at the time. So the, the way the story goes, mm -hmm. uh, how she came up with the, the business idea yeah. is that uh, she was at home, you know, with us. You know, watching TV, and it was like some you know commercial or infomercial or something came on, and it was um, talking about um, 
like a like a storage place mm -hmm. um, and how they do auctions. So I don't know if you're familiar with the show Storage Wars, right? Have you heard of that? Yeah, I have. Yeah, so Storage Wars. So essentially, like, you know, my parents have been doing Storage Wars, quote unquote, since early 90s. Yeah. You know, that's business. So my mom's seen a commercial um, of a storage um, place and how they have auctions. So without my dad knowing, um, she had some money saved up and I think she borrowed some from one of my uncles too. Mm -hmm. um, and like, you know, one day like on a Saturday, they went and bought uh, a storage unit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then like, you know, that same day they moved all the contents of the storage unit and brought it back to our, our house and put it in our garage. So then when, you know, my dad came home from work, he was like, what, what the is hell this? all this? Yeah. <laughs> she told him like, I have this idea for this business. Like, you know, you could buy things, you know, for like cheap and then, you know, be able to sell them. And he's mm -hmm. like, well, how much, you know, did all this cost? And she's like, I forget what they said, but it was super cheap, like maybe like a hundred bucks, but she had like, you know, TVs and furniture and a whole bunch of like clothes and appliances and stuff. So um, that's kind of the origin story. Um, and then uh, from there they started doing like yard sales. So literally, you know, my dad would still go to work, but you know, on the weekends, on Saturdays yeah. and Sundays, my mom would just post up in the front yard with a bunch of stuff and, you know, she'd, you know, be selling in, from the house. Mm -hmm. um, and it started making, you know, a, a significant amount of money over yeah. the week. Like she was doing it like literally every weekend for a few months, maybe mm -hmm. like four or five months she was doing that and, um, you know, saved up a bunch of money. And my dad um, eventually quit his job as yeah. a bank teller and was like, all right, I'm about to go into business with your mom. You know, Wow, so, they're putting everything in this yeah, company. Put every, you know, put all toes down into into the business idea uh, because, it, you know, just by selling things out of our garage, like my mom had created a whole, you know, another source of income. And you know, my dad was probably like, yo, she's making more money than, than me. me. Yeah, why not? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, uh, yeah, this is, seems like she has something. So it was literally my mom's idea. Um, and then they, you know, they did the garage sales um, for maybe like close to a year mm -hmm. um, before they saved up enough money to get a, a storefront. Okay. Um, I think they started their first storefront in like 1995, something like that. Wow. So right around when I'm like seven, seven or eight years old, mm -hmm. you know, they got their first storefront. And then that's kind of the origin of uh, Gina's bargain thrift. Yeah. Wow. And that's what, so I wanted, that's a perfect segue into um, kind of my next question, which was, what inspired me and actually at Sherms, who we were just talking about, another tech systems homie, yeah. um, she was the one who suggested because she saw your Instagram post and had seen what you had written about what happened to your mom's store. So yeah. will you get into that a little bit? Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously right now in the, the country's climate, mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of, you know, frustration. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, was that last Sunday, you know, before last Sunday, you know, you start seeing a lot of the protests. Yeah. Um, some of the protests, you know, had, you know, rioting. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think just last Sunday, I remember watching on TV, like just watching, like I was watching CNN and it was like going through every single city that was currently protesting. Right. It was like, yo, the whole country is protesting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's how it felt. It was like, oh, Los Angeles, DC, New York. London, yeah, like international. It's like yo, like every single this city. Literally, yeah. It seems like the world is protesting right now, which mm -hmm. is beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, um, what actually happened that day was that. So obviously we're in COVID nineteen. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen my parents since March. Oh, no. Wow. Like how much I love seeing my parents. I only live like an hour away now too. So okay. I haven't seen them physically, you know, since March because of COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, you know, as I see, you know, the 
people start going outside a little bit more. The streets are opening up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I was like, um, I told my parents, I was like, I'm gonna come home this weekend and then let's barbecue and you know chill at the house. Yeah. Um, so that's exactly what happened last Sunday. I go home with one of my other brothers and uh, my cousin. You know, we go home for the first time in like three months. You know, yeah. everyone's like, my parents are shocked to see me. My, yeah. my, my, my face like, <laughs> <laughs> really yes, oh. your favorite son is back. <laughs> of course, the prince. Uh, so, yeah, we just had a great day, you know, barbecue, we talked, you know, watch movies and stuff like that. <clears throat> um, I'm getting ready to head back to L.A. around like 930. <laughs> um, and then my one of my dad's employees calls him and like he's on the phone. And he's like, hey, hey, boss, man, I just wanted to make sure, you know, you're at home safe. Yeah. And then my dad's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, um, because his employee lives closer to where our store is at. So our stores are probably like um, mm, less than two miles, like a mile and a half away from our house. Okay. You know, it's a little bit more in downtown San Bernardino. Um, so, you know, the, his employee lives over there and he's just like, oh, Vince, I just want to make sure you're not out here. You know, the protests are going on. It seems like it's a pretty crazy mob, you know, yeah. just want to make sure you're, you know, you're good. My dad's like, yeah, yeah, I'm at home with the family, you know, yeah. everything's good. He's like, you get home safe too. Like, you know, I'm going to see you tomorrow. I'll be safe. And I was like, you know, and they hung up and I'm just looking at my dad. I was like, everything okay? He's like, yeah, um, you know, so-and-so called and just wanted to make sure I was okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, cool. So we wrapped up our conversation and I hit the road around 10 mm-hmm. um, and I'm probably like 40, 45 minutes into the drive. And then my mom called me back oh. and then she was like, oh, hey, we're on the way to the store. We just got a um, the security company called and said that, you know, there's something going on, like movement or somebody's breaking in. So we're heading over there. And I was like, OK. And I'm like 45 minutes away. I was like, you want me to come back? And then my dad, I just hear him because that's how he is. He's yeah. always like, no, protect my family. Of course. Exactly. I was like, I'm on. I, I'm about to turn around and come back. And my dad's like, no, we got oh. this. <laughs> Like, like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. So I'm only maybe like 10 minutes away from my house. I get home um, and then they call or actually my uh, sister-in-law, my brother's wife, she calls me and then she's on, it's crazy, you know? And so we're all like connected on the phone. The community, it's like one, someone's face yeah, chiming, someone's on in a text thread. Yeah, <laughs> like one of those things. So it's like, she calls me back to my sister-in-law calls me and then like I hear my dad or I hear my older brother talking to my my dad, he's like, he's like yelling, like, don't, don't go in there, dad. Oh, like, no. don't do that. Just Scary. wait. Because at the time, you know, we all called the police. There was no police, you know, responding because yeah. of the protests and everything that was going on. So mm. it's like literally like no police. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, my dad and my mom are heading to their business and, uh, you know, uh, a not so pleasant part of San Bernardino, California yeah. uh, at, you know, almost 11 PM mm-hmm. by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously we're all, you know, we're all on the phone, you know, very nervous and scared. And we could just hear like, you know, I think my parents kept the phone, like or my mom kept the phone on while they went into the store. Yeah. Like I kid you not, like when they got there, it was still, it was active being looted. Like there oh was God. probably around 15 people in their business. Holy like, shit. you know, this is COVID-19. So it's, Bunch of people wearing masks. Right. You like in your business, they had sawed off the chain and like broke down the front door, like literally like pushed down like <laughs> everything that goes with the door. Like, and then you just, you know, um, I think there was probably like a 25 minute window between like um, basically they, between them breaking in and when my parents got there. 
to like get them out. It was like a good 20 to 25 minutes. So um, they show up and it's, you know, still actively being looted. So anywhere between like 10 and 20 people are in their store at the time. And I don't even know how he did it, but like or how they did it. Cause mm-hmm. I, my mom's there too. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they did it, but they got people out of their store. Oh. No guns, no, like oh nobody got shot. Right. No knife. Like, I think it's just like, you know, my African dad. So yeah, like it was, that was so crazy. And like such a, you know, it's a scary moment. You know what I'm saying? Like we're all four of the boys and, you know, my sister-in-law, like everybody's on the phone. It's like 1130 midnight. And yes. we're just like, everyone's just glued to the phone. Like what's going on? Mm-hmm. Right. So then um, we call a couple of my, uh, my uncles that live close. And then they, um, they came um, just to help them hold fort, you know, right. because it was still like after my parents got everyone out their store, somehow um, it was still only them. And like people were still coming by the store, seeing that the, 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 the glass was broken down. Like, it was still trying to come in. So it's like, my dad is in the front of his store, like yelling. Where the at owners go? <laughs> yeah, like what's going on? Like, wow. But you know, it was crazy. So I remember that night. Um, everybody was still up till like two, two, almost three o'clock in the morning, like making sure. So my dad had somebody come and close um, to put up like plywood and close the the, get, the door yeah. area um, before they could go home. Yeah. So my, my mom texted us at like three thirty and was like, "Hey, we made it home. Mm-hmm. About to go to sleep." And then like everybody's all right, good, you know, thank God. And then like yeah. I text them at that time, I was like, all right, everybody, you know, go to sleep. I'm gonna see you guys in the morning. Yeah. And so then I go to bed, and then like I wake up at like seven, like naturally. I only slept for like three hours, yeah. like no alarm clock. I just woke up. Right. Like, You're go. worried. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I look at my phone, and my dad had texted me at like almost 5 a.m. and just said, no, don't come. <laughs> so then like, you know, when I wake up, I'm getting dressed and my mom calls me and she's like, she's like, did you talk to your dad this morning? And I was like, no, why? She's like, so I guess I came home and went to sleep and he went straight back to the store. Like, so he oh. went back to like watch the store by himself. You know, oh he my just gosh. He didn't want my mom to come back. Such a papa bear. <laughs> Oh, he is. Yeah. So he slept there back to the store. He's like, he didn't sleep there. I would say he slept there. No, he stayed up <laughs> yeah. all night watching his store. Wow. Until, you know, um, you know, the next day. Yeah. So I see the text message in my in the morning while I'm brushing my teeth. It's like, don't come. And I just text back. Just laugh. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know. Yeah. And like, you know, my, my cousin was here, and then we just uh, we left and we got over there. Um, and then like, as soon as I get there, I, I go through the back door, and then like, I see my dad, and he's just like. He just has tears in his eyes. Oh. And he just looked at me and he just was like, I thought I told you not to come. Oh. And I was just like, I just started, you know, it was very emotional. I just, wow. I was laughing, you know, in my dozy spirit. Yes. Like, I told him, I said, I think it's funny that you thought I wasn't coming. <laughs> this is like such a story of family amongst yeah, other things. But yeah. yeah. So um, we go inside, you know, my mom is crying. My dad is crying. We're looking at just the damage and it's just like, yeah. It was surreal. Like everything was broken. Like yeah. the door was like I couldn't even imagine. Like, like how, how they, they did that? Yeah, like the door was just like on the ground. It's like a big two sided glass door. Like they yeah. knocked down the whole thing. Um, cash registers were broken and thrown, mm-hmm. and like just so much stuff was just everywhere. It's a thrift store too, right. so I have to understand the environment. It's a very there's eclectic, so much you know, like a thrift store. There's like so much random stuff. Yes. My parents don't take any donations. What they do, like I mentioned, like the storage wars, that they actually go buy like nice storage totally. units, like sell the contents. 
um, in their stores. So they have a lot of random stuff, but a lot of like super, you know, um, you know, rare, you know, items, mm-hmm. unique items, you know, collectible stuff like mm-hmm. that. That's just, you know, you might find like a, a silver spoon um, and you're like, this is just a regular silver spoon. But if you like, it might be priced for like $600. Yeah. My mom knows that it's like some type of collectible. Like, so that's the type of store that they have. Wow. So, they're probably so well known in the area that like if you want, you know, like it's a probably truly a part of the community. Yes, definitely. Like we've won many, you know, awards for like first store of the year. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So um is yeah, they're very well known. Um they've been in that same location for over twenty years. Mm-hmm. Um so it's like everybody knows, you know, the situation. Yeah. Um so yeah, like I remember, you know, very vividly like we go into the main part of the store. You see all the, you know, the glass. You see mm-hmm. every, just everything damaged. And it's just like, you know, it was my, my mom, my dad, myself, my my cousin. Um, two of my aunties were there. And then one of my other, you know, female cousins was there. Yeah. And then like, y'all just like cried for like, you know, 15 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Like a good 10, 15 minutes of yeah. just like walking around and crying, walking yeah. and crying. But then I think it, at one moment it was just like collectively, like everyone stopped crying and we just started picking up stuff. And everybody just started picking up glass and sweeping yeah. and, you know, just trying to, you know, pick up the pieces. Literally. So, yeah, literally. <laughs> so, you know, we did that for, you know, a few hours. Um, you know, a couple of my other uncles came with food. So it was like, it was really like surreal to like come into that moment, see, you know, just the devastation, like the destruction. Yeah. But then you see, you know, like the family come together. Mm-hmm. You could just feel like, you know, we're going to figure it out. You know, that's yeah. how we are. You know, Absolutely. We're going to figure it out. So I remember watching, um, you know, I went into the back office with my dad and we were just watching the security footage mm-hmm. of the, you know, the, of the evening before. And then like that also broke my heart because it was just like, you just see like, imagine like Black Friday, you go to the mall on Black Friday. Trampling, <laughs> trampling. Yeah. Scrambling. Like, so yeah. I, in that span of like 25 minutes, I probably saw like at least 40 to 50 people go into that store yeah. like, and just grabbing like just grabbing stuff. I was just like, yo, this is crazy to watch. Like and then I also see like at the 25 minute point that like my my dad and my mom come into like I'm just like, I wish this thing had audio. So I can see so I really wish this footage had audio so I could hear what the hell was going on. But yeah, like that whole day, you know, we were just I think what was like so reassuring was that, you know, as we went through the day, now it's like three o'clock, four o'clock, and we cleaned up a good amount, but there's still like a lot of damage that just needs mm-hmm. to be fixed, like mm-hmm. construction-wise. Um, but um, you know, my parents, you know, you could just even if they didn't know it was gonna be okay, like they don't like to show that, you mm-hmm. know, they don't they just are just like that. And that, yeah. that's probably where a lot of people get see that in me where they're like, oh, he's always positive. 100%. He's always like you know, she could hit the fan and I'm like, all right, you know, it's cool. Like we're gonna we're gonna yeah, you know, make we'll it move work. forward. So, exactly. So, yeah. you know, I could just sense that, you know, they just they didn't know mm-hmm. what was going to happen, but they just always have this, you know, confidence and yeah. you know, that, you know, things will work out. Yeah. I mean it's a testament to the strength of your family and kind of family unit. Not only yeah. just your immediate family, but it sounds like you also have aunts and uncles in the area that are all like there for you guys. Yeah. And so my my question in all of this is this is so personal for you. And so you're feeling it in the context of the, the, your store that has been part of your family and your community forever. But and then when you think of this in the context of everything that's going on, 
Is that, do you compartmentalize? Like, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, I definitely think um, I compartmentalize because initially, like, you would feel like anger mm. or you would be like, you know, who are these people that did this? It's like, yeah. Like I was like I said, like I was literally watching, you know, yeah. the protest all day, yes. and, like, the whole time. So and feeling like like I, like, I, I agree with the protest. Yeah. And I, I empathize, and it's like you know, I participated in protests, yes. and, you know, those other things. So you know, to see like it actually came to the front door, it was like, damn, like that's it was it's whack. It's super unfortunate. It's like you know you want to be mad, but it's like, I think my understanding of like the bigger picture wouldn't yes. let me be mad. It would just yes. be like, you know, like, I think is I think it was dumb that mm -hmm. like, you know, people are destroying like, cause in San Bernardino, like most cities, it's like, you know, a lot of those businesses that you're tearing down are literally like your neighbors. Yes. Like, it's not like, you know, it's not like, you know, it's like a company or, you know, some, you know, huge corporation. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, you're, you're, Breaking into like the t-shirt spot, yeah. breaking into you know the the arts and crafts that you shop at probably. The yeah, these are all you know your local businesses owned mm -hmm. by your actual neighbors, mm -hmm. literally people that live in the same neighborhood as you. So that's the part that I'm like that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Uh, but on the other side, it's like you know people are moving in like a blind rage because mm -hmm. it's just like you know they're so frustrated with things. Yes. So it's like I understand the level of frustration, how it was you know taken out. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with because it's like yeah like you're not hurting like a corporation with you know multiple millions of like yeah. target like you know the first thing that they tore down that you know in minnesota was target yeah like, okay, target will be fine yeah you know target is like oh you tore down our location okay it'll be back up tomorrow yeah. but, but mom and pops um mm -hmm. small businesses small restaurants like i was seeing like you know little restaurants and i'm like this guy, whoever owns mm -hmm. Gus Jr. Burger, like, yeah. he doesn't, like, he has nothing to do. Hopefully. I mean, yeah. I, can't, I can't just say, oh, nobody has nothing to do. But it's like, you know, like, a lot of these people, mom, mom and pop shops, like, you know, they're not the enemy. They're mm -hmm. not the ones that, you know, you want to target. So, totally. Definitely, like, you know, some of that energy was misplaced. But yeah. I understood the overall energy and why yes. you know, certain things were happening. So, yeah. It's a really unique stuff. perspective that you have. Yeah. Because of that situation so i mean at the end of the day like i'm a black man mm -hmm. you know and i live in the united states mm -hmm. so when i see stuff like that it does enrage me it does mm -hmm. make me upset it does disappoint me and make me sad mm -hmm. you know it's like i had been seeing that and feeling that way yeah. you know that week mm -hmm. uh, but then like when it spilled into like you know you know something that's impacting my house mm -hmm. uh, i think just my own you know how i raised mm -hmm. like you know, we're gonna figure it out but at the same time it's like there's a lot of other, you know, family context of like, you know, just how the business has been doing. And like my dad's, you know, you know, he's trying to get ready for retirement and stuff yeah. like that, where it's like, you want your parents to be, you know, done work. You of know course. what I'm saying? Like, I don't you know, want them to actually have to do these type of things. Yeah. Um, so there's certain timelines that was like, made this like an extra crushing blow because mm -hmm. you're like, damn, like, you know, I don't know how we're going to recoup, um, yeah. you know, the merchandise that was stolen. And this is also coming off of my parents have been closed for a majority of these last three months because right. of COVID. So I was like, they had literally just opened up the week before. Like that's their first week of business. Like yeah. I was like six days open. And then on the sixth day, you know, mm -hmm. that's what happened. You totally. know, after, you, after you haven't had income for the last 2.5 months. Totally. You know, so like, it was lot. just a crazy yeah. know, situation. But, um, yeah. So when I left the store um, and, you know, I think that's another thing about just um, my family is that we all, we're all 
good at different things. Yes. So this is where it comes in. Um, my younger brother, mm-hmm. um, Chike, my Stanford educated brother, right? So he's a the he's real not a favorite, fan. huh? The real favorite. Nah, <laughs> the real favorite. He's just the he's just the smartest. Well, I don't even say he's the smartest because my other brother's a doctor too. So, but you know, it's a lot of you know a lot of smart people around. Yes, <laughs> feel I'm that. Just the cool one. I'm just the favorite because I'm the cool one. Yeah. <laughs> oh so, yeah. So um, he's out in the bay, and you know I'm you know, they're picking up the glass. So he's, you know, all my brothers are like sick to their stomach about what was going on. Yeah. Um, they're sad that they couldn't be there. So he was just thinking about like, what can I do? What can I do? Um, and then like one of my other cousins suggested, like, you guys should start a GoFundMe. Yeah. So, you know, I talked about it with my brothers. My parents didn't even know, you know, what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think just like the type of people we are and like, you know, we naturally weren't going to do it because it's just like. You don't like, want handouts. Right. And it's more of like, you know, we could figure it out yeah. internally, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But like, once I was actually sitting down with my parents and like, we were just kind of doing like a quick cost analysis of just the damage, like yeah. the door, you know, the different things that are broken, the showcases. Mm-hmm. And then you start adding up, you know, the merchandise and we're watching the footage. So it's like, it's hard to tell, but you could tell like, you know, it's uh, my mom knows her store so well. So she's like, oh, look, they're still in that base. Oh, look, they're still in all oh, these. Oh, she new- knew every last oh, item. Oh. They're still in all my computer stuff. Oh, they're still in my, like, so she's like calculating like the oh. dollar amount that's yeah. like leaving the door, right? So we were definitely like just doing that quick estimation. We were excess 100,000, like in regards to property damage and then wow. just merchandise that was stolen, right? So, you know, when I'm talking to my brothers, you know, we're just like, you know, can we figure it out between us? You know, mm-hmm. what can we do? And it was just like, you know, we were thinking about the GoFundMe and like the only thing that was really stopping us was just like, you know, we don't like to ask for nothing. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, we just like, you know, we're hardworking people. So totally. like, not, nobody wants to ask for anything, but it was just one of those situations that, you know, we just thought it was going to be worth a try. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Anything could help. Yeah. So my brother, um, you know, he eloquently wrote this very, very, you know, um, great description of just, you know, who we are and, yeah. you know, what happened to us, right? Yeah. So, you know, a common person could read it and it'd be like, man, that's crazy, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So if I really added, like, the tr- like I'm talking in full detail now, if I added the full details of what happened, if I added any footage of yeah. the actual, like, you know, looting, I think that we, we would have hit, like, You would have gone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh. but just by giving that, you know, that brief description, I think mm. we did very well. So, yeah. um, we, I, did, I posted it, um, you know, and I like, and I work at Facebook, but like, <laughs> I don't actually like use my personal Facebook that often. Right. Like, you know, but you know, I dusted off my personal Facebook, <laughs> and then I posted like, "Hey, you know, this is a real situation." So I posted to my Facebook, um, Instagram mm-hmm. at the same time. And I think my brother did the same thing, um, just to get the ball rolling. Right. And then, like, you know, just within the first hour and a half, two hours, we were already at almost like three thousand dollars. Wow! Like, wow, that's crazy! Like two hours, like three thousand. So then, like, that's when the first time I called my mom and I was like, hey, you know, this is only like maybe like 9 p.m. that same night. Mm-hmm. And I, hey, um, you know, this is what we did. Like, I had to explain to them what a GoFundMe was. Like, mm-hmm. they're like, what, what is that? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They didn't know what they're like, you click a button and then the money's there. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, like, they had no idea what a GoFundMe was. Um, they know hadn't, like, they, they know how to use social media, but they just didn't know, like, power. Totally. You know? so, like, hey, like, I posted this like an hour and a half ago. Um, and I explained what it was, and then my mom was okay. So, how much do you guys have? I was like, um, it's almost at like three thousand right now. My mom was like three thousand oh. dollars, and I was like, yeah, three thousand. And like, they're like, are you serious? I was like, I swear. Wow. They're like, I 
I can't believe that people are giving us, you know, it was at 3000. That's when they were like that. So maybe around like midnight, yeah. you know, I'm just watching it. And I'm yeah. like, oh, this is crazy. But I had also posted like internal um, mm. at Facebook too, which was wow. People love, you know, I, Facebook, I love working at Facebook. <laughs> I want the, the, the yeah. podcast radio waves to hear this. Yes. It's just such a, it's such a community. And this mm. is something like, again, that, you know, it's happened to me personally. I've been at Facebook for almost six years. Yeah. I'm not a super like outspoken, you know, employee, but I'm definitely myself at work. So, yeah. You know, people know me there and I've been there for some time. Mm-hmm. So as soon as that, like, you know, I posted that into, you know, I posted it on my personal, you know, internal page. Yeah. And I have like um, re- um, employee resource groups. Yeah. Uh, like for like black employees. Yeah. Or, you know, women at or black mm-hmm. at, Hispanics at. Like, so we have a bunch of those um, groups. I posted it into black at <clears throat> and then um, that's when it just you know, took fire. Yeah. Like, wow. And, and, like, all of our, our resource groups has visibility all the way to leadership, like Mark and Cheryl, they look at that stuff because, you know, that's like the heartbeat of what's going on. Yeah. People are talking about something in like the black ad group or the women ad group. It's like whoever, like yeah. leadership should be seeing what's yes. going on. So, you know, it definitely got bubbled up. You know, I don't know if it got to Mark. I, was, I love that you Cheryl, casually Cheryl, just no, call Cheryl them Mark. Mark. <laughs> you call them Mark and Cheryl. Just <laughs> oh, yeah, those are my people. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's so, incredible. So it just started rolling in, like, you know, whether it was $1 or $5. Yes. Like, every single donation was, like, it was so much love. Um, and then you start seeing, like, you know, people... 200, 500, right. 1,000, 1,000, 1,000, like a couple of people, 2,500, a couple of people, 5,000. I, and I had like um, a lot of, you know, my homies that, um, you know, I live in LA now, so I, I have a lot of friends that are like social media. Well connected. Uh, but then also like, you know, I, like I said, like the collective of just yeah. our network. Yeah. You know, we, we know so many like awesome people. Yeah. And so many like you know loving people mm-hmm. who also you know as soon as like they share it to their network mm-hmm. like this is one of those things that it's like if I know a good person yes like, oh my gosh I can't believe that happened to Dozy's family yes and they help and then they also share it to their network and then like it could be you and then yep. it's like oh my god Brittany's friend and yes! I love Brittany so much that if Brittany's saying this then you know I should help so it really like it went viral yes. in a real way. Um, I'm, I'm sure a few hundred thousand people seen, you know, the post. Um, yes. We had over a thousand people that donated, um, and in four four and a half days, we raised over a hundred thousand dollars. Wow, that is seriously like I mean, it just again, it's a testament to the community that you and your family have all built, like within your own networks, like you're saying, and. I just think that people are like looking for ways to feel like they're helping in some way right now. So what better way than, than that, you know, right. that's yeah. amazing. I think, um, you know, we could keep going, but I think it, um, it speaks to a lot of different things. I was yeah. talking to one of my friends and he was just like, and you, he's like, you hit the, the algorithm. Uh, <laughs> <lottery>. <laughs> that's a like, perfect way to put it. You know, you know, it was, it's funny, but it's also, it's like, it's a serious conversation right. because, you know, at the time it's like, Hey, you know, this is, you know, a black family, mm-hmm. um, black owned business. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, the kids are all black men, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they, they're successful, you know, to an extent, you know, the kids, given like the current, you know, times, um, you know, I feel like, you know, as people have been seeing a lot of the protests and they've seen all the rioting. Um, the looting, um, yeah. you know, we are, we're people, you know, we're real people yeah. that, you know, people know. So mm-hmm. it was one of those things that's like, you know, 
which is kind of a problem. You know, I definitely think it's a problem in the grand scheme of things of like, you know, as we have these conversations about race mm-hmm. um, and prejudice, it's like, you know, fortunately in this situation, mm-hmm. uh, this, you know, helped us, you mm-hmm. know, gain steam um, and momentum for like a true cause, which is like my our family business. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people just were able to identify like, oh, you know, black man, black mm-hmm. family, black business, mm-hmm. you know, um, looting, you know, you know, riots, protests, you know, donate, you know, you know, then that's where people are like, how can I help? How can I help? How can I help to the big picture? You know, it's like yes. they see chaos outside, but then like now, you know, when they see like our post, our campaign, it's like um, they are able to identify with somebody that's actually like truly like hits the points of like, this is a black man. Yeah. This is a black family. Yeah. This is a black owned business. So it's like, yeah, right. like we got a lot of um, you know, support and love, mm-hmm. you know, from people that know us. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also got a lot of support and love that people that that don't know us, mm-hmm. which we always will appreciate. Um, I do think that, you know, some of it was, you know, like you mentioned, like because like people are looking for um a, a, a decent or a good enough cause, you mm-hmm. know, to don't mm-hmm. so um I guess just at the time, you know, we happen to be <laughs> yeah. Viral. Yeah. Viral yeah. At the same time. So yeah. you know, a lot of people donated to, you know, our cause. But yeah. you know, I don't want to, you know, like take light that there's a lot of other businesses. There's a lot of other, you know, similar families. Of course. You know, African American families um that are in a, you know, the similar situation that mm-hmm. we were in. Um mm-hmm. we're just lucky and fortunate and blessed in that way that, you know, we have so many, you know, people around us that, you know, lifted us up at that time. Yeah. Um Definitely, definitely something that you know is a big picture um I, I felt like you know a lot of people were looking for ways that they could help you know in regards to the situations that they're seeing on tv mm-hmm. uh, and then you know once this hit social media it's like oh either i know them directly mm-hmm. or you know i know someone that knows, knows them uh, yeah. or it just was viral at the time so yeah. it's like oh you know so a lot of things you know worked in our favor but um, you know, big picture is like, it tells a different story of like, you know, <clears throat> just what's going on in mm-hmm. the country. Right now, yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. And I do, I kind of want to transition to that a little bit. And just, yeah. if you're open to talking about this, like growing up, you had three brothers, like you mentioned, you live in Southern California. So was there a conversation that had to happen between, you know, you and your parents and your brothers about what it was like to grow up as a, a black man in America? Yeah, it's not, it's not like um, one conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like, right, right. You no, know, it starts from, you know, a young age. And I, I think um, that's something I definitely wanted to kind of talk about is yeah. just, you know, as a, as a black man, like my own perspective, I'm not speaking for all black people, but yeah. I mean me. I, you know, I'm only speaking from my experience. Yep. Um, but, you know, with my parents and uh, my dad specifically, um, it was something that uh, was just part of, like, teaching a child. Like, yeah. teaching you know, me how to, you know, ABCs. Yeah, and right about you know, how to do four plus four. You're also teaching me, like, you know, how to um, pre- present myself in certain situations or how to, you know, you know, speak to the police or, mm-hmm. you know, authoritative figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of like, you know, baked into um, our reality from like a young age. Right? Yeah. So I think that's all also something, you know, that, you know, people that, you know, are not black or, you know, of colors, like, you know, I'm not sure that it's baked into you in that right. way or, you know, you're, you're, you're made aware and it kind of takes away, you know, as a child, um, uh, just that vulnerability of, you know, yeah. of the real world yeah. as, as a younger age, you know, 
for myself and my brothers, it's like, you know, it was very important for my dad to like teach us certain things that is like to him, it's like, this is how I'm like protecting my kids. Just yeah. like if I had a bike and he wants to make sure that I'm wearing a helmet, mm-hmm. it's the same thought process. Like, yeah. oh, like I got to make sure my son knows to put on his helmet you yeah. know, when you go outside. Yeah. So it's one of those things. And um, I think uh, it, it can, it's something that happens in, you know, 99% of, you know, black homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also to be understood that those type of, teaching somebody that at a young age can have different impacts on mm-hmm. that person, right? So yeah. for, in our case, you know, if my parents, you know, are telling us that, you know, you have to work 10 times harder than, yeah. you know, uh, you know, the white kid that's in your class or yeah. whatever, it's like, that's, that's a conversation that we've had. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in our household, it, it just was, it wasn't like a, we didn't take like offense to it. Um, it was more of like a challenge. Like, okay, like, you know, my parents are, you know, super successful people, hardworking people. Yeah. I want to prove, you know, how hardworking I am. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad says I got to, you know, whoever's like the best in the class, you know, yeah. I be like, you know, I have to work 10 times. You know, that's literally like the verbiage you hear from a young age. It's like, you have to work 10 times harder than the other person, yeah. you know, for you to get the same opportunity or for you to, you know, be seen, mm-hmm. you know, the same way. So yeah. in my household is like, yeah, we, we took it on as a challenge. And it was like, yeah, we all became high achievers. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is clearly, you know, it, I mean, that worked. It worked for us, but, you know, it, it, it's not to say that that's going to work for everybody. Mm-hmm. Because for an example, like, we we were just good at school. Like, we were, yeah. you know, naturally, you know, smart. We understood stuff. And my parents worked super hard at home to make sure that, you know, <laughs> we got our homework done, et yeah. cetera. But, you know, in the next, you know, the next household, you know, somebody, you could tell a kid that and say, oh, you need to work 10 times harder. Mm-hmm. And that kid may be like, you know, that's bullshit. Like, yep. why do I work yes. 10 times harder? You know, so then like, you know, certain mindsets are kind of, you know, fostered throughout your childhood of like either like, oh, it stuck to you. Like, oh, I got to work extremely hard to get to where I want to go. Yeah. Or you're like, oh, you know, why is my best not good enough? Yeah. Added everything. Hear it's that. like, oh, my best effort is not good enough to like. So then you start thinking about like, why is that person's best effort like right. automatically better than my best effort? You yes. know? So those type of things are taught to you as a child. And yeah. As you know, as you grow up, you know, the world either you know confirms mm-hmm. you know your thoughts about that, like yeah. confirms to you as a black man that oh, you know, this is the reason why you know something didn't happen for you. Yeah. Uh, or you know. On our side, it's just like, you know, we just have this a different type of like, perseverance where mm-hmm. it's like, yo, like, if something doesn't work out, like, if I don't get a job or something, it's like, I couldn't. There have been times where I have thought something like that where it's yeah. like, uh, uh, I think I didn't get this job because of, like, the way I look, yeah. honestly. Because it's like, you know, if I feel like I check all the boxes and I feel like I'm articulate and I feel yeah. like, you know, presented myself well, mm-hmm. then they'll be like, uh, you know, of course, you know, you're not going to get every job. But, you know, but there's been those moments where I had to think like that. Like, yeah. I wonder why, you know, I yes. wonder why you know, it happened like this. So it does, like, you know, I, that's part of the message that I just wanted to, you know, make yeah. sure that I did in on is that, you know, being black is like, you, you know, you're black every single day, yeah. you know, every single, you know, part of your life. Yeah. Uh, and you're given, you know, different, you know, coaching or learnings mm-hmm. from a young age. And mm-hmm. it's like how, how it grows, how that seed grows into yes. your head. It's like, it's literally like, a reflection of the world that, you know, what the world gives back to. Yes. Hearing you talk about this is really like, it's, it's, 
things are kind of clicking for me a little bit in the sense of for you guys and with your family, it sounds like you guys did find success early on, which made it easier to not feel frustrated if because things weren't not happening for you. But if things weren't happening for you at a young age, for whatever reason that might have been, whether it's school or whatever, it's it's easy to feel frustrated that things aren't happening. And if you're blaming it on whatever it is, if it is because you're black or if it is because your parents or whatever, like it's just, it's really interesting to hear you talk about that. It's a feeling of just like, it's how people, you know, deal with, you know, something not being fair. You know, we're playing a game of basketball and Mm -hmm. the score, like whoever gets to five points first, Mm -hmm. you know, wins, Mm -hmm. but I'm playing against, you know, someone else that is like, you know, like, they have three points already, and I'm starting at zero. Yes. I have to beat them. Like, I have to stop them from scoring two more points, mm-hmm. and then I also have to score more points than them. So um, if I'm, you know, in, in our house, if we're playing that basketball game, we may take it as a challenge where it's like, hey, you know, he only has two points to score. I have to score five before he gets to his two. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's how we approached it, but not mm-hmm. everyone's going to approach it like that. Totally. Another person is going to be like, why do I have to score five points and they have to score two yes. to win the game? You know, to win the same game, you yes. know, it's supposed to be fair. So I think that's the that's the equality, you know, mm-hmm. in, in a nutshell that our people, you know, feel. Yes. Um, and it's one of those things that's like, I mean, I, it, it's 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 hard to put yourself in another person's shoes. Like, like it's hard for me to be like, oh, I know how it feels to be like a white man. I can't I can't actually do that. Yeah. You know? Um, I could think about different scenarios. Um, I could listen to the stories, but it's, it's definitely going to still be hard. Um, so right. that's why, like, you know, me talking about, you know, situations like this is like, you know, it's important for, you know, you know, people to hear, like, yes. you know, my perspective of, like, how it is and that, you know, I'm I'm always going to say that I'm fortunate because of, like, the way I was raised and, like, my mentality mm-hmm. and, like, my perseverance. But mm-hmm. it's like, if I didn't have that, it's like, you know, it's just, you know, things would be different. You know, I yeah. wouldn't have and I wouldn't be where I'm at. So yeah. it's like that. That's the actual big picture. Is that like, yeah, there's going to be you know um, people of color and you know all types of you know walk of life that you know naturally just rise to the top. Or, mm-hmm. You know how people say it or gain success. Yeah. But just because you see you know people of color or you know dozy with success doesn't mean like one mm-hmm. that is like you know easy to get there mm-hmm. or even the same you know, um, path to get Mm -hmm. there. It's like, you know, maybe like, you know, I had the same job as you, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's like at one, you know, at one point we're at the same job, you know, but it doesn't mean that it's like, you know, you know, we had the same path to the same job. And then if you look at any, you know, work environment, if you look at, you know, schools, it's like, you know, if you work at, you know, like in our, our office, there was like myself and like Reggie, right. Mm -hmm. You know, two, you know, the two, you know, black men in the office, you know, Maybe, you know, you know, four white women. There may be six white men, you know, and, you know, yes, there's people of color represented in that office, but yeah. it's at a, you know, it's at a, dis, uh, it's disproportionate, yes. you know, as to everyone else in the office. Mm-hmm. So then you kind of have to think about it, like, how did, you know, Dozy get there versus like, you know, how did everyone else get there? And it's yeah. like, you know, there's, there may have just been, you know, that's the point that like there there, there's more hurdles, you know, yes. it's not to take away from what anybody else did to get to where yes. that just like as a, you know, as a black man, it's like one, you know, we're taught from a young age to have a mentality of like, you know, earn, you know, and make yeah. sure, you know, you 
um, you you have to overachieve to achieve. You know, yeah. so that's kind of you know been a mentality that's like I have to overachieve to be successful. Right. Um, and versus you know maybe somebody else is just like yeah like you know this is like you know a job that like uh, this is not even the best job offer that I got but I just you know yeah I just accepted this job you know it was like that might have been the best job offer that I had at the right. moment you know what I'm saying right. period yeah you know, versus someone else is like fourth option and yeah like, you know so. That's a, that's how it works, you know, from like each, you know, kind of like each step of the way from like elementary school, yes. you know, middle school, private school, you know, high school, you know, all that's like, so my own mm-hmm. life is like, yeah, I went to a public elementary school. I went to, you know, I went to a magnet middle school, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So like I had to like get access, you know, I had to test, my brothers and I all had to test into that middle school, yeah. you know, to make sure that, you know, we're eligible to get there. Then, you know, my parents, you know, working super hard, they didn't want us to go to, you know, the public schools in San Bernardino. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they paid for us all to go to private Catholic school. Yeah. So that's my story, too. Yeah. Because I went to private Catholic school. Like, I had this nice, you know, you know, campus and, yeah. you know, I had, you know uh, the classrooms had, you know, funding and, mm-hmm. you know, had all these people that supported me and loved me. Um, we played football. So we were, like, popular. And it's just like, oh. You know, the amateur, we won a championship. So it was just like, you know, yeah. high school was like a small little community, but it was like so much love and a lot of nurturing. Yeah. Um, but it was a private school, you know what I'm saying? So if like, mm-hmm. if I went to a public school, it may not have been like that. But yeah. you know, my parents, you know, worked so we could go to private school. Mm-hmm. And then all four of us, you know, you know, went on to, uh, you know, my brother went to Cal. I went to Davis. Yeah. My immediate brother went to Stanford and my youngest brother went to UCLA. Yeah. So it was it's like, but that's in our house, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's not to say my whole neighborhood. So it's like, if you go to the house to my left, you go to the house to my right, mm-hmm. you know, it may not have the same outcomes because totally. it's like the lower, uh, socioeconomic, you know, ne- you know, not low, but it's like, you know, the people that live there, yeah. not, not every household is the same. It's kind of how I'm trying to explain yeah. it. Um, so it's just, you know, it happened to be my parents, you know, in our house that raised us this way. And then now they have four boys that you know, mm-hmm. ended up going to school. Yeah. It's very lucky and rare for that to happen, right. you know, just being like, you know, just the natural circumstances and stuff like that. So yeah, I just feel, you know, super fortunate and blessed and, you yeah. know, the way that I think and the mm-hmm. way that I was raised. Yeah. Uh, I'm also very, you know, much, you know, in tune um, with, you know, the, the struggles of the, you know, yeah. the situation. Like, yeah. I, I feel like I am rare because of like a lot of things. Yeah. And a lot of those things shouldn't be the criteria mm-hmm. of, like, for me to be where I'm at. Yes. What I'm yeah. Yeah. Oh my, so much of this. And again, like it's just eye opening to hear one person. I appreciate that you've said, you know, you're not representative of the entire black community, just like I'm not representative of the entire white community, but with the relationship that we do have, I'm, I feel like I I can ask you this question of like, what are your thoughts on, I heard you talk, you know, specifically about tech systems and how, you know, you are one of two black men in the office. And so it's like, I, and probably all of the other white people working there never thought twice about the fact that we were one of many white people. Do you know what I mean? Like probably didn't even have to think about the dynamics of the office. Do you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, I do think that people's eyes are being open to that kind of thing. And, and it's, I mean, I know for myself that I feel shameful almost that like, 
I wasn't having these conversations earlier and that my eyes weren't open to this earlier. And so for you, is it like, you know, is it almost a, how do you feel about that dynamic of people kind of like just getting on board with this because of the climate right now? I'm, I'm yeah. genuinely curious. I, I actually, the funny thing is like, I tweeted about that this morning. You did, like, and I didn't even see it. So I, I'm <laughs> I really saying, curious. Like, you know, very candidly, I was just like, you know, I have, I actually have mixed emotions. About yeah. It. You know, on one side, which is the, the positive side is like, as um, you know, Black Lives Matters and, uh, you know, just the, the, you know, the climate around this topic, yeah. you know, have grown momentum and more people are, are joining on. It's like, that's awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, a main point that I, I want to say is that it's like, it can't be up to Black people mm -hmm. to end racism. Yes. Like, it's, it doesn't work like that yes. because, you know. We're not like racist towards each other or we don't set, you know, certain like prejudice. Like it just doesn't like the way the the, the, the society works is like, you know, it's not a, a it's a problem that impacts black people, but it can't be a problem that black people solve. solve. Because totally. It's like, it's not in a vacuum. We do to ourselves. It's like we can't, you know, you know, hold, you know, race, uh, you know, racial like, uh, you know, tones towards one another because, you know, that doesn't, you know, like what we're talking about is like, oh, in a job interview or if we're mm -hmm. talking about like, you know, anything that's just like, like we're talking about the, the work environment, you know, yeah, like, you know, you may not realize that, you know, you're one of, you know, say there's the office of 16, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, there's eight women and eight men. So it's yeah. like, okay, from a gender perspective, you're like, all right, well, it's a pretty diverse office. Yeah. But then if you look from like a racial perspective, maybe it's like, you know, 12, you know, white people, yeah. you know, two African-American and, you know, one Asian and one Latino or something like yeah. that. So now to flip it is like, I would assume or I would think that like if you were in like a classroom, if you were in like an office setting and it was like everybody in that room was black, like you would probably How could like, you not notice? Oh, white girl. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's literally like that where it's like, you know, from high school, it's like you'll walk into a classroom. And it's just part of like what we're we're, we're aware of. Mm -hmm. so kind of unpacks like the question where people are like, oh, like you know, racism is over, or you know, rape, like like I don't see color. Mm -hmm. And it's like those type of statements is like that's when we talk about like the privilege of not yes. seeing it. You know, because yes. if you walked into a room and it was all black people, I'm sure that you yeah. would be like, I'm the only one. You know? Yes. Yeah. So um, you know, for like myself growing up. If I'm in, you know, middle school, I actually like I was in public school in elementary school and then middle school, and then I went to a private high school. So I, it started really like being noticeable when I'm in high school. It's like yeah. I walk into a classroom, there'd be like you know 20 kids. I'm the only black guy, you know, what I'm saying yeah. I'm the only black person, you know, in that yeah. classroom. Or you know, on my football team, you know, my brother, myself, and one of my cousins were like the only you know black people on the team. Yeah. You know, so it's like you notice those things or yeah. if you go to, you know, when I got into UC Davis and I'm going on, you know, orientation or I'm going towards, you know, just whatever, like you're in those spaces mm -hmm. where you have to, it's just something that you just know, you know? So yeah. it's like every single day, like I know, like I'm conscious that I'm black. Right. You, know? you, you have to. Yeah. It's got like a self-defense mechanism, but it's also like, you know, just being aware of your surroundings, being aware mm -hmm. of, you know, who's around you and you know mm. how to protect yourself because it's like you know 
being um, a black man has been deemed like intimidating mm -hmm. in the United States. Like, yeah. That's where we see, you know, so much, you know, uh, you know, violence against, you know, black bodies. It's like yeah. there has to be some type of, you know, fear of like, you know, why you're approaching like a, a, a traffic stop yeah. with a gun, you know, with your gun out or something yeah. like that. I don't, I'm not sure that, you know, someone will, a police officer will stop me and then start approaching my window, you know, mm -hmm. after they pull over and it'll be like, kind of have their gun on their holster because they don't know what's going on. Yeah. I don't know if they would like approach that, you know, your car window totally. that being like, oh, I don't know what's going on, you know? Yes. So, but, you know, as you're listening to me, it's like, what, you know, why, why is that initial thought process like that different for me? It's mm -hmm. nosy, right? Right. So, like, oh, he's so happy go -lucky. I know. He's always so positive. He's just a ray of sunshine. Yeah. But that's the point of these conversations is that, you know me. Right. You've met me. You have, you know, um, your own feelings about me. Mm -hmm. You love me. Yeah. But somebody else who doesn't know me, never seen me before, yes. can think something of me negatively. Yeah. Yes. Can think that I'm a threat. Can think that I'm going to, you know, pull out some type of weapon. I've never yeah. owned i I've never even been to a gun range before. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like, I've never shot a gun. And your shirt right now <laughs> says never sold drugs. Literally. <laughs> never sold. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's part of my brand too. But that's like <laughs> my mentality is just like, you know, I'm trying to break down stereotypes. Yes. Um, I think that's a, a huge step. Um, where I think a lot of, you know, uh, people um, and then like people, like white people may think that, um, you know, stereotypes are, you know, not true or mm. they're just a myth. And it's just like, no, it's like, the reason stereotypes are, you know, still alive and racism is alive in that way is because it's like it's inside of so many people. It's mm -hmm. like if, even if you have not like not one drop of like racism yeah. in you, yeah. it's like there's a lot of white people that have a lot in them. Mm -hmm. So that's what this movement is more about. Yes. It's not about like, oh, calling out people and be like, oh, you know, your life is not more important than my life. And yes. That, I was like, that's not the conversation. The conversation is, like, if we're being very literal about it, is that if Dozy gets pulled over, mm -hmm. or, like, Brittany gets pulled over, mm -hmm. more times than not, mm -hmm. and I don't want to speak in totality, yeah. but I'm going to say more times than not, mm -hmm. that interaction, you know, with me mm -hmm. is going to have, you know, more aggression, is going to have more, you know, um, you know, that officer, you know, being unsure of, you know, who this person is or how they need to be, you know, um, approaching me or talking to me or something like that. Yeah. Versus like boy, with you is just like, Oh, let me just talk to this, you know, this girl, she was Absolutely. speeding. That's yeah. it. You know, open a shut case. But for me, it's like, Oh, he's speeding. Mm -hmm. Let me, Oh, this isn't, this is an Audi. Let me make sure this is his car. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Do I smell? I think I smell mm -hmm. marijuana. Uh, no, I don't know. Let me make sure. It's like, so now it's like, because of what I look like, mm -hmm. you know, this person has all these extra questions and all these uncertainty. Yeah. You know? So that's where these scenarios um, with, you know, like the police brutality mm -hmm. and you know, any type of those um, situations can occur. Mm -hmm. It's because it's like, it's, it's literally a prejudice, you know, yeah. it's a pre-judgment, you know. So that's what we like to talk about and have people understand is like what the power of prejudice actually means. Yeah. It's not like, you know, a lot of people think racism is dead because it's like, you know, it's not the same racism as the 1700s or yeah. the 1800s or the 1950s. Yeah. It's just different. You know, yeah. it's just, it's just transferred into a different form. Yeah. Uh, in today's world where it's like, you know, before it was like, hey, you know, if you go all the way back to, you know, not even to go back to like slavery, but even like, you know, in the civil rights movements, mm -hmm. like water fountains. Right. 
you know, sitting in public trans uh, transportation, um, you know, schooling. Mm -hmm. Those are the issues <laughs> that, you know, were literally, you know, 60 years Not ago. that long ago, right. Not that long ago. So a lot of, you know, those people that were in school, like maybe you were in, you know, elementary school or middle school when, you know, um, segregation ended. And now you're a 70-year-old, 60-year-old, you know, white yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. That type of racism, and it goes down the line because, okay, if that person was like racist in the 70s, mm -hmm. but then they became, you know, what did they do when they graduated from high school and college? They mm -hmm. became, you know, a business owner. Yeah. Or a, you know, a police chief mm -hmm. or a politician, you know. What do you think, you know, do you think that just because they got this position that, you know, their their thoughts and like how they feel about people like change? Right. It doesn't change. You know, some people it does. Hopefully yeah. it does. But a lot of people, it never changed. So yeah. what do they do? They use, you know, their position of power to continue to, you know, perpetuate, you know, those negative yeah. you know, thoughts about, you know, people of color. Yeah. So now this person that, you know, was in the, you know, school when segregation ended in the in the, the 50s and the 60s it's like now this person is like a ceo of somewhere right mm -hmm. and now can hire a bunch of people under them who also hire a bunch of people under them it's like you know how many of those conversations like where it's like oh someone like dozy didn't yeah. get the job or someone like dozy doesn't get a phone call because you know whoever's at the top right doesn't have people that look like dozy so that's what we talk about, you know, systematic, you know, racism because it's like it's built in. Yeah, it's not like oh, you know, that's what people are like. Oh, racism, racism doesn't exist now. Like, we have a black president. We have mm -hmm. you know black millionaires. It's like you know, think about the proportion. Of yeah, hey, presidents. It's like we have. There was one. Yeah, <laughs> versus the other what fifty one. <laughs> totally. Um, if you talk about you know ownership, if you talk about you know oh money and like oh how many millionaires billionaires it's like yeah we could count by however many black billionaires on one hand you mm -hmm. know half of a hand you yeah. know versus like you know how many you know white billionaires and you know so it's literally you know it starts from like you know the, the the top and goes all the way to the bottom right and like i would consider like the bottom um like the education system right so if you think about education um different uh you know basically like school funding is based on like the property taxes. So if you live in like Pleasanton, if you live, you know, uh, Walnut Creek mm -hmm. or something like that, you know, those are million dollar homes. Yeah. So what's the property taxes on million dollar homes? You know, those schools are going to be very well funded. But if you go to, you know, Oakland, mm -hmm. if you go, you know, to, you know, somewhere um, inner city mm -hmm. um, where there's not a lot of home ownership or the houses, you know, aren't as expensive and, you know, the, the, the average household isn't bringing in the same amount as you know walnut creek then those schools have less funding yeah so what does it actually mean you know a school with less funding they have less resources less programs you know like we work in tech where right? i are we used to work in tech i still do <laughs> um so if you think about tech like it's usually you know uh, the schools with money that yeah. have these you know these tech programs teach kids how to code teach kids engineering and stuff like that from a young age totally so then you know once they get through high school and they get to college they get the job at the Google, the Facebook, the Amazon, or whatever that's paying the 100, 200, 300K, yeah. right? Like, it literally started, it literally put, you know, kids that are in school districts that have more resources at an advantage yes. you know, to end up at that Google, right? Mm -hmm. To end up at that Facebook or the Amazon. So it literally starts, you know, it's from top to bottom, you know. It's the people that are up here that are in these hiring positions. Yeah. Uh, 
leadership positions, ownership positions, um, because, you know, along the line, you know, I never want to take away from like anybody's work ethic. Yeah. But it's like, what we're actually talking about is like the opportunity. You yes. know what I'm saying? Like the conversations. Yes. Um, you know, whether that was that, that conversation that your dad had with your friend's neighbor at the golf course that mm-hmm. ended up getting, you know, that, you know, your son a job um, or something like that. It's like, we don't have the same access to those things. See, I feel like you are meant to have your own show and that you should be hosting some of these conversations with other people because you're so incredibly eloquent and you're making some of these concepts that I think a lot of people are trying to understand so much better right now. Um, you're, you're making them just easy to grasp while still representing your point of view. So, so well, like I, I feel not equipped to even like follow up the things that you're saying because I don't even know what to say. You know what I mean? It's all about learning. Yeah, it is. It is. And I, I I wanted to just be open. Yes. Um, and I think, you know, everything that happened with my mom's business was just kind of, I don't know, it kind of shone a, shone a light on me or turned on a light for me that there's a lot of people that love me. Yes, there are. <laughs> a lot of people Including that, like, actually care about, like, yeah. things that I say. Like, not yes. in, like, an arrogant way, but it's just like, oh, if I say something, I think people, you know, will make take note of it. So, Absolutely. like, you know, you asked me about this podcast, I was like, yeah, definitely, I think. Um, this is something that, you know, I want to you know, start doing more. Yeah. And I, I mean, um, you're, and then I was actually at the grocery store today. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was saying, um, I was, I was at the grocery store today. I just thought of like this good analogy, um, of how to kind of explain like prejudice, you know, Please. to people who don't understand. Right. So we're in the middle of uh, COVID-19, mm-hmm. right. And for most of the United States, um, you have to, you know, wear a mask mm-hmm. to get into, you know, grocery stores or restaurants or whatever establishments, you know, they require you to wear a mask. Yeah. Uh, some places have eased up on, you know, wearing a mask, but a lot of places it's still mandatory to mm-hmm. wear a mask. Right. So I was thinking today, like, you know, as I'm in the grocery store, there was one, you know, dude that went into you know, the grocery store, but he didn't have a mask on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like everybody, like naturally, like you notice it, like, Oh, look at that dude. He, yes. he got a mask on. He ain't got a mask on. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, everyone notices that person, doesn't have a mask on, right? Yeah. So, how does how do the the mannerisms change? Like, so now you know everyone's social distancing, so you're supposed to be six feet away from everybody. Yeah. But especially if someone doesn't have a mask, it's kind of like you go out of your way to like, totally. oh, I'm not walking by that person. Yeah. You know, if they're walking in the same aisle as me, I'm yes. gonna probably like turn around and be like, I'm not trying to walk past that person. Um, you know, so you know that person who doesn't have a mask, you know, I'm sure you know yeah. probably feels like. Uh, people in here notice that I don't have a mask on. Yeah. And I'm, I'm I'm noticing more people looking at me because I don't have a mask on. Mm-hmm. And I, I could actually feel people kind of treating me a little bit different because yeah. I don't have I a mask on. I see where you're going here, Dozy. Yeah. So now that is, you know, in a nutshell, obviously yeah. there's a lot more context in it, but it's yeah. like, that's how it feels to be black sometimes, you know, where you're like walking around. Yes. You notice, you know, everyone knows that you're black. Yeah. Right? So, you know, you may even feel like, you know, some of the, you know, the, the co- uh, comments or, you know, dialogue is different, you know, yeah. because you're black. Yeah. You know, you may know that, like, if I'm walking down the street and, like, I see someone, like, I, this happens to me all the time. I have a, a boxer, his name is Metro. Mm. <laughs> so, but, like, I'm walking Metro and, you know, I walk him all the time. Yeah. But I always notice, you know, some people will see me and Metro coming up from, like, 50 yards away. 
when they're crossing the street, they're like, I, I don't know, like, what kind of dog that right. is. Right. I, I like I see this big black guy. And oh, I see you're like if you only knew you'd love me and my dog. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly my point. So yeah. it's like you know that's that's something that you know you may not feel like. Yeah. But that's something I could see from 50 yards yes. away. That interaction happened. Well, somebody saw me and then they you know they crossed the street. Yeah. Some people would be like, well, Delzy, how do you know that they crossed the street because of you? It's like I lived my whole life like yes. <laughs> oh my so God. I think I know what I'm talking about. So if you absolutely. You, if you lived your whole life in like COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. you know you'll notice when somebody's not wearing a mask. Yes. You'll notice, you know, that's how really people are point. treated when they're not wearing a mask. So that's yeah. kind of, you know, I thought about that today. That's a really like, good analogy. Very easy to digest. Hopefully, it helps people understand. Yes. You know, yes. Look at you. Walk around like the guy without a mask every single day. Yes. And everyone just like people don't even want to talk to you. Oh, you don't have a mask on. Yes. That's, that's why I'm like, yeah, that's that's really how it feels. It's like. You I know, feel like that's going to go viral, that analogy. Like, you could say like a perfect, you know, articulate sentence, like, and they'll just be looking at you like mm-hmm. they're so owned with like, mm-hmm. yes, and that's so, what people will remember too. Exactly. Like, wow, wow, that is powerful. It really is. Wow. Um, I might even use something like that as, as the title of this episode somehow. Um, <laughs> Hidden gems. Yes. So, okay, my, my, I guess taking this all the way back to your tweet that you had mentioned about like, and you've said yourself, like you are trying to break down barriers and you are trying to, you want people to understand. So how do you feel honestly about kind of how white people in general, I will say people who are really, I think trying to understand and and trying to learn, but at the same time, it's very clear that we weren't, uh, and this is maybe just me speaking for myself of like, I wasn't doing the work at mm-hmm. all before this. As much as I think that like, I'm not openly racist, I know based on everything I'm learning right now that I absolutely had these unconscious bias. That I had an unconscious bias yeah. that, you know, was part of my everyday life because I'm a white female. So with that, there are things that like, you know, I'm posting on my own social media that are eye-opening to me, but like as as a whole, maybe it's how do you feel or how do you think other people in your own community feel about this response? Yeah, I mean, like I said, um, for racism and prejudice to like truly be broken down in, in the United States and then, yeah. you know, the world in general, it's, you know, it takes the effort of mm-hmm. you know people that is literally like that's always so crazy about like this this movement it's like it's literally like the people that aren't listening yeah and choose not to listen are the exact people that need need to, to listen. listen right you know so it's like okay. i think like people that have joined in and are helping now like they are were either already on the side of like hey you know equality for everyone yeah you know, black people have been treated you know wrong yeah. and you know, I, I see that, I've read, I've watched, whatever, mm-hmm. and I understand, mm-hmm. um, so I get it. You know, mm-hmm. then there's the, a, a, a big portion in the middle that, mm-hmm. you know, they're, I, I don't think that they're racist or any way. Mm-hmm. I just think that, you know, they don't understand, you know, they're kind of in the middle of like, hey, you know, there's the media and, you know, certain things have like kind of given them reason to believe stereotypes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of be like, well, like, I'm not racist, but... I also, you know, think like, you know, black people do a lot of this to themselves and stuff like that. So like, to those same people, like, 
you know, I, I just encourage you and I implore you to actually like do some more research. Yeah. Um, understand why, like, you know, listen to me talk for like an hour now, but mm -hmm. understand that, you know, these are things that, you know, are both like, you know, systematic, yes. you know, in regards to just career trajectory, um, yes. you know, wealth, um, access to wealth. Like my parents, you know, we had to crowdfund, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, you know, to, mm -hmm. you know, to solve a problem. Right. A lot of, you know, you know, families, they don't necessarily have to crowdfund. There may be like, a, you know, one rich person in their family, totally. maybe a couple people, you know, they may have grandparents like they have, you know, crazy savings that, you know, so a lot of this is, you know, people of color, you know, not having like a fair shot because of just like the resources from the beginning mm -hmm. were not equal. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not equal. Mm -hmm. So like if the race is, you know, if we're, you know, if we start the race 10 meters behind you and then you win the race and then you're like, you know, you look back at me and be like, hey, man, catch up. You know what I'm saying? Right. Why are you running so slow? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking at you like, yo, you had a 10 meter head start and I still almost caught you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, yes. you know, you won. So that's kind of how you know it feels. Um, but, you know, what I encourage, you know, white people that are like in that middle where it's like, hey, like, I, I'm not ready to go full, you know, make Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. even though that's not a that's not a controversial statement. Yeah. Anyway. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's not a controversial statement. Yeah. Um, it's a true statement. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would, I like to spend my time on like the middle portion. Anyone who's on the other side, that's like, okay, like overt racism, right? And like, oh, change my mind. It's like yes. I'm not going to spend any time, nor do I like. I even think it's wise to spend time totally on those type of situations because it's just like, I don't know, those people will get it maybe right. one day, right. but you know, yeah. So you know, I'm talking to um, that large portion of like, you know. Um, white people um that may just be they don't truly understand like why you know things are the way they are um or why people are as angry or frustrated um the way that you know they're seeing like so i just encourage you to you know it, it takes self-research it's mm -hmm. not like again it's not going to be you know a black person coming up to you and then telling you, you know, what you need to know. And then all of a sudden, you know, you'll understand. You know, if it was that easy, like, that's great. If mm -hmm. you listen to this podcast and, you know, something that I said um, resonates with you mm -hmm. and then that changes your mind, that's great. Yeah. A lot of the time it's like, do a little bit more research, ask a few more questions. Right. Like, historically, mm -hmm. you know, what this country has like been about and Absolutely. like just how it's treated you know, people of color, you mm -hmm. know, from like, I mentioned education system, mm -hmm. um, but we could talk about, you know, the, the prison system. And like, if people truly understand that, like, prisons are a business, <laughs> like, I don't think a lot of people, like, people just think that like, oh, you do something bad, you go to jail, you know, right. bad people end up in jail. But once you truly understand that, like, people are making money off of, off of prisons. Right. right. And they're making money off of each person that is in a prison, mm -hmm. you know, so that means that it's to their advantage to put more people in prison and to actually keep them there longer. Right. You know? So once you start unpacking some of that stuff in regards to, you know, cr you know, um, sentencing, like mm -hmm. criminal sentencing, you know, how some, you know, certain offenses um, are specific to, you know, certain communities and yeah. then those offenses have higher, you know, penalties. Yeah. Like you start truly understanding like, um, that's not fair. Like if any time you could look at something and be like, that's not fair, then, you know, then you are hitting the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. <laughs> You know the, the the situation is um and then you know i guess <clears throat> some more like homework um is um for myself 
I've been um, able to, you know, reach a level of, you know, success, so to speak, that has given me access to, you know, white spaces, quote unquote. Yeah. So like certain companies, you know, if I worked at tech or, you know, Google, Facebook, et cetera, it's like, you know, the majority of, you know, that workforce, you know, may be white, yeah. you know, I've been, you know, in those environments. So, you know, my access, you know, to those environments is, you know, I've become friends with you, mm-hmm. I've become, you know, friends and colleagues with a lot of people. Um, and then, you know, over the years, you know, you get to understand me a little bit more. And yeah. then, you know, now, you know, your mind is like, oh, like, that's not right. This is totally. not, this is wrong. Let me ask those of these questions, right? Like, and then you're like, hey, like, I don't want to be offensive. Like, yeah. I want to make sure that I'm saying things the right way. I feel comfortable enough, you know, with you that I yeah. can ask these questions. Boom. Yeah. Right. So now you have uh, an opportunity to, like, learn. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of white spaces that, you know, Dozy is not going to be able to get into. Like, maybe your your household, you know, maybe, you know, Thanksgiving, you know, maybe, you know, your 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 nephew's birthday party and, yeah. you know, your, your sister-in-law is, you know, prejudiced or yeah. something. It's like, so there's a lot of those, you know, environments and those interactions that, you know, I'm always curious if anybody is sticking up for black people when something is said, you know, something is being yeah. said at the dinner table or that um, that parent teacher conference or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. um, at book club. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but there's nobody black there that's going to speak up for, mm-hmm. you know, you know, speak against you know something wrong being said. Mm-hmm. It's like, are you going to do it? You yes. Know? And you we're going to say, show. hey, yeah, are you going to be like, yo, like that's wrong? Like, you shouldn't talk about people like that, or you shouldn't think like that. You yeah. know, are you going to like go to bat, or do you just like just let the statement fly and be like, oh, I don't agree with it, but I'm not going to say anything either. Yeah. That's what you know. This is all about. This is to wow. you know, put the needle on that where people, you know, like yourself or anybody else, is like more confident in saying, you know what, like. You know, my parents, my grandparents, yes. you know, ever my uncle, they're wrong. Yeah. You know, it, they they've been thinking wrong this whole time. You know, and it it may be a, you know a pretty big ass to just go to bat and you know like again like I said like anybody that's on that far side mm-hmm, of like mm-hmm. it's up and it's like I'm not that's spending any of my time yeah. there. Okay, I'm not spending any effort there yes. because like as a black person I don't feel like I need to. Like, yeah. Not my job. Not my job to convince a racist not to. Totally. You know, think that I'm like a piece of shit or something yeah. like that. It's like not my job. But you know, if you, you know, or any, you know, anybody who's listening has yes. friends, family, you know, colleagues that are just so casual, you know, with, you know, their prejudice or casual yes. with their racism, casual with, you know, just like just being, you know, nasty and saying disgusting things. Yes. And you know, so it's like to take a stand. No, there's not gonna be a black person that's gonna be in that environment, yes. um, that proximity. Um, that relationship that could actually say something to that person. Yes. You know, that's kind of where, wow. you know, my charge comes is that, are you going to do that? Are you yes. just going to let it fly? Are you going to listen to this whole story about like Dozy right. and his family? Yes. This, you know, this, this, you know, my mom and dad coming from Nigeria mm-hmm. in the eight and now their sons are, you know, made something of themselves mm-hmm. in the U.S. And what I always, you know, I think one of your questions, uh, I don't know if you're still going to ask, but yeah. one of your questions is just like, when somebody, when I see a black man die, mm-hmm. like, how does it make me feel? It's mm-hmm. like, I see myself. Yeah. Like, so if you saw someone that looks like you, you like getting killed and you mm-hmm. see that on loop, you know, every two months or yeah. so, you see it, you know, because it happens much more often every two months. Totally. But, you know, there's probably, you know, once every two months that one of them, you know, uh, goes viral and it's like, you see it. Like, yeah. we just saw George Floyd, like. Yeah see that like I have I look like that everybody in my life you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying like 
I'm all of like I'm 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 black. So yeah. like my family is black. So yeah. my uncle look like that. You yes. know, uh, my great uncles, my grandpa, you know, my dad, you know what I'm saying, like my friends, you know, they all look like that. So what do I see? Is like I see, you know, myself or I see the people that I love the most. Yeah. You know being discriminated against, um, prejudice, mm-hmm. um, you know, racism, and ultimately it could end with, you know, somebody being killed. Yeah. So why is it important for all of us to speak up? Cause like, until it's, until it's dozy amateur, it's like one, like, that's the point. Yeah. Like, until it's like someone you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe that happened to him. Yeah. He's, he's this, he's that he's, there's no way like, you know, but all of those people are this and that to everyone else in their own life. Yeah. Exactly. Like, wow. You know, type of things like they happen every single day. Um, prejudice and racism. Um, it doesn't. It, it doesn't spare like any person of color. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're like you're rich and successful. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're a straight A student. It doesn't it like it literally doesn't matter. Yeah. So like that's why it has to end because yes. like if you're gonna be like oh well, certain black people deserve like that type of treatment. Certain black people are you know. When people talk about black on black crime and stuff like that, it's just like prejudice and racism, like it touches every black person. Right. So even if you're like, oh, a criminal deserves to be treated like a criminal, it's like, no, but like people are treating regular people like criminals. Totally. Criminals okay with that. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the regular person that you say, oh, I love that guy. You know, that's my coworker. That's my yeah. friend. That was my teammate. Yeah. He's getting treated like he or she is getting treated like that. Yeah. Like, are you okay with that? Right. You know, you know, I have a lot of these these talking points that I'm just like, it doesn't make sense. Like when people talk about like, you know, black, like well, specifically, you know, in this case, we're talking about, you know, George Floyd mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. you know, talking about him being murdered, you know, on camera and just the thought, you know, just all the questions that, you know, when this police officer clearly like killed this person. Mm-hmm. How long did it take for him to get arrested? Right. You know, how long, you know, does it take for, you know, people to actually be like, yeah, he's guilty of what he did. Mm-hmm. You know, how long, you know, does it take for people to say, you know, um, nobody deserves to be you know, treated like that. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, you know, now that, you know, he's been, you know, um, charged, it's like, what is he actually going to be convicted of? Yeah. Right. So that, you know, that's why people are in so much pain and frustration is because it's like, if you want to bring up a, a, a talking point like black on black crime, well, last time I checked, prisons are full of black people. Right. So when a black person does a crime, <laughs> go to jail. And yeah. they usually go to jail longer than they should. Totally. Period. So when we're talking about this, is that this police officer and the other you know police officers that were uh, like accomplices to it, it's like, will this person be treated equally? You know, yeah. or will this person be you know given some type of benefit of the doubt? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, some type of defense that, you know, everyone else does not get that. I mean, when I say everyone else, I'm like, people of color do not get that same, like, oh, let me think twice about this. Exactly. You know? it's, it's like, like an not, automatic It's automatic. Assumption. Put them in jail. Like, yeah. it's automatic. Yeah. So um, that's the equality that, you know, that's one <laughs> of the ways that, you know, we, we are, we're asking and we're demanding for equality is that, you know, when we see something like this, something as egregious, um, as the the murder of George Floyd, that you know the the justice system operates yeah. in the same way that we've seen it operate. You know, for people of color, yeah. you know how quickly you know decisions are made. Yeah. You know how quickly you know it's you know it's it's easy to you know say five, ten, fifteen, twenty years to somebody. Yeah. Uh, you know that's 
yeah. you know, that's essentially what the what the issue is, is yeah. that, you know, people, you know, need to be treated fairly and equally, you know, from the beginning, you know, yeah. to the end. Yes. And you know, if you don't agree with that, that's the problem with the country, right? Is that you know, some people have, you know, it kind of just baked into them that mm. they feel better than other people, yeah. you know, and it's like, you know, why would you feel better than somebody else if you haven't like done anything different than that? You know what I'm saying? So just that initial, you know, feeling is like if someone's feeling better than someone else, it's like that's part of the problem. Yes. And then, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, because they don't consider themselves racist, mm -hmm. that, you know, they either think that there's no such thing as racism um, yeah. or that, you know, because they're not racist, um, you know, fighting against racism isn't their responsibility, mm -hmm. um, you know, which is also, you know, very, very wrong. Like yeah. You have to, you have to, you know, be working towards, you know, breaking this down and kind of how I like, I, I was thinking about it the other day is that, you know, most people are, hopefully most people are not racist. Right. Yeah. But I do think like everyone has, you know, intrinsic biases Absolutely. built in. Um, and things like just, you know, ways your mind and your body respond, right? Mm -hmm. So whether, you know, like if you see, you know, if you're on BART mm -hmm. and then, you know, you're you're riding, you know, from Walnut Creek to like, you know, San Francisco or something, yeah. right? And like, you know, some some black men or black kids get on the BART, right? Yeah. Like if you, if your level of like uncomfortability, you know, goes up to like maybe like, two or three you're like yes. on a scale of 10 you're like i'm not like freaking out but yeah. you know i'm a little bit uncomfortable right yes. like a little bit just yes. two or three on a scale of 10 yes you no know, you don't think that you're racist you don't think that you're like you're, you're doing anything like this you're, yes. you're most likely not doing anything but what you also need to understand is that like your two to three mm -hmm. may be you know another white person's like eight nine or ten where they're like yo like that same black person that just got on this train mm -hmm. is like i'm you know terrified yeah or, you know, I'm thinking like the worst thing about this person where you're like, you know, this is just, you know, it's a black kid. You yeah. Know, not doing anything. You know, he might be dancing or whatever, but he's yeah. chill. <laughs> like he's yeah. not doing anything. But somebody else is like, they're on a the level 10, right? Yeah. So we're talking like about like those people that are like level 10 where it's like, you know, that black kid moves and all of a sudden like she's like, oh shit, like yes. he's going to attack me. And then, or, you know, you see, you know, a black person just automatically think that they're suspicious or, you mm -hmm. know, they're doing something like mm -hmm. so. When I'm talking about racism and prejudice, like I think white people don't truly understand that there are a lot of people, a lot of other white people that are not on the same side of the spectrum. Yes. Where oh, I'm not racist because like, I don't, come on, like, I love black people, I hang out with black people, like, mm -hmm. you know, even though inside of you, like, mm -hmm. when you get around a black person, it's like, it's not a lot, but it's like, all right, I'm at a level two. I was yes, at a level I, zero. No, I totally Yeah, I was at a level zero you. before they got on this bar, yes. you know, but now I'm at a level two. It's not really a big thing, but. That two to you is an eight, nine, ten to someone else. Mm -hmm. And the way that they react, mm -hmm. you know, when they're at an eight, nine, ten, yeah. is that's, you know, racism. You know what I'm saying? That's racism in a nutshell. So it's like, you know, black people can't, you know, unpack that by themselves. Like yeah. black kid that's yes. on that, you know, on that train, yeah. he doesn't even know he doesn't yeah. even know, you know, people are looking at yeah. him like that. He's just minding his business. Um, but you know, someone else could be like, oh, you know, they're coming up with a million different thoughts about him. Yeah. And usually negative. They're usually like prejudiced. Mm -hmm. They're usually like, you know, I think, you know, something bad is going to happen. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, whatever, whatever happens to that kid, it's, it's in response to like, oh, someone thought something bad was going to happen. Yeah. Like that lady that was in the park in New York, you know, Central yeah. Park lady, you yes, know, so it's exactly. like, like somebody's yeah. not doing anything. That's, 
that's what it's like to be like a black person where it's like you feel like people are like paying attention mm -hmm. you know what you're doing because like a lot of them are a lot of them are <laughs> yeah. and they're just prejudging and they're coming up with these different things in their head mm -hmm. you know based on what media has told them mm -hmm. based on like you know some stupid conversation that they have with their friend and yeah. it's just like so if these stereotypes and these prejudices aren't you know, continuously being broken down mm -hmm. and continuously being fought against, then mm -hmm. it's just gonna, you know, mm -hmm. continue. Yeah. So that's why it's like so important for like everybody to be like, yes, black lives matter because mm -hmm. it's not, you know, people are like, oh, it's all lives matter. It's like, yes, everybody's life is important. Period. Hard stop. Yes. The next sentence is yes. at this moment mm -hmm. and in this country, mm -hmm. you know, black people are not treated equally. Mm -hmm. And if you want to look at different statistics, we could talk about the education system. We could talk about, you know, um, career trajectory. We could talk about the, the average household, you know, um, median income. Mm -hmm. You know, we could talk about, you know, wealth redistribution over, you know, generations of families. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that are built in, yeah. you know, that are, you know, going to, you know, make it more difficult for someone like myself to get this seat at the table. Like yeah. me, being at Facebook for yeah. six years now is like, yeah. yes, that's a crazy great accomplishment. Mm -hmm. But it was, you know, I, I jumped through real literal hoops. Like I'm like, it's rare. Like yeah. I went to a private high school, you know, yeah. I went to college on a, a, a football, football scholarship. scholarship. So my parents didn't have to pay for school. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I got a job as soon as I graduated college. Like mm -hmm. my parents haven't given me a dollar, you know, since I was 18 years old. Like, you know, so it's like, it's just been different in that yeah. way. You know? So I think that's, what I want everyone to kind of take away that is like, even if you don't think that like, you know, you should understand that racism is real mm -hmm. and prejudice is real, even if it's not really in you. you yeah. know, other people have it, mm -hmm. other people enforce it, other people will die for it because yeah. they so much believe mm -hmm. that you know, they are better than, you know, people of color. Yeah. So like, you know, it's, of course, we, we want to join hands with like, you know, everybody. Mm -hmm. We want everyone to be allies mm -hmm. um, and we, we want to, you know, it's not like, I think like people are afraid that like, oh, black people are brought up to equal, then like equal is like ahead. You know oh, what I'm saying? It's like, we're not asking to be like, you know, put us on the pedestal. Totally. Like, we're just asking to be considered like equal. Everyone mind their own business. 100%. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you do what you do, I'm going to do what I do. Everybody yeah. just mind their own business yeah. because it's equal. Yes. But until then, it's like, yes, yeah. you're going to continue to hear us speak because it's not equal. Yes. It's not fair. So. That's the that's the the conversation that this this country is gonna be having. Hopefully, you know, in our lifetime, yeah, because you know, it's definitely not you know something that's gonna be fixed this year. Yeah, it's absolutely, it's an ongoing. Our lifetime, in our lifetime, you yeah. know, we get to a point of you know, people understand that, and it's yeah. like it's it's just it's just a, a thing that you know it's not to be thought about or have to be spoken about too much. It's like yes. First, acknowledge that racism is real, mm -hmm. and secondly, acknowledge that you know you have to actively be doing you know something probably yeah. every single day. You know, has to be who you are. Mm -hmm. You know, has to truly just be like what you're about. Like, and then yeah. more yeah. people that are like that, yes. then the world's gonna be a better place. Oh my God, drop mic. Oh my dozy. I cannot. I feel like my whole body is just like pulsating from this conversation because I just feel like I, you are, uh, I, I don't have words again. Like I, I'm inspired by everything that you're saying and I'm grateful for everything that you're saying. And I'm awed by like, 
I appreciate you and this conversation more than you know. And it makes me feel like, how can I ever not stand up for what is right and be that person sitting at the table having after having this conversation with you? You know what I mean? And I hope that other people feel that same way. Like, I want to go and run through the streets right now because of the energy that I feel. And I and it's just like the more of these conversations that are happening for people, the more change is going to happen, you know? I believe that so. It's just, um, it's, it's something that's like right now, and I know in like our society and specifically our generation, like we move from like trend to trend to trend and mm-hmm. you know, what is, you know, the topic at the moment, but this totally. is like, this is something that has to be the topic indefinitely. You know, yes. it has to be something that is just like, oh, every single day, not to like wear a chip on your shoulder, but be attentive, be attentive and yes. like vigilant. Like, yes. you know what I'm saying? like have those conversations. They're not all good. Like they're very few of them are going to be easy. Like just know that, you know, once you, um, you know, make the choice, you know, to be an ally and an advocate, you know, for change, yeah. um, it's not, it's not a trending topic. It's not a, you know, totally. it's not just a hashtag. It's something that's like, it's going to be a part of your life every single day. Yes. You know, for the rest of your life where it's like, hey, like once I see something, um, am I gonna do something? Yes. Am I just gonna be like, you know, like I said, you're gonna have, you know, white people have more access to white spaces than yeah. black people. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the conversations that need to be had yes. are in white spaces, um, with white people. Um, because, you know, over the years there's gonna be more white people than people of color in, mm. you know, positions of power. Yeah. You know, whether you know, government, you know, whether it's, you know, even just, um, you know, teachers or, you know, or whoever, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, more, you know, white people are in those type of yeah. roles of decision making. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you have access to those spaces, mm-hmm. uh, you're having, at, you know, family members um, that, you know, are still, you know, on that side or in, even in the middle, hopefully they're in the middle and, mm-hmm. you know, the conversation actually can, you know, make sense and mm-hmm. be two ways. Um, but you know, wherever they are on the spectrum, it's like, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's literally like a life work to yes. bring people to the other side or bring, you know, as many people as close, you know, to understanding as possible. But yeah. again, like I wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to kill myself trying to like, you know, teach people. Totally. Because, like, and you shouldn't I have to. I'm going to live my life too. You know what I'm saying? Like, absolutely. You know, I think the, you know, my last point is just like, this is a reality, you know, for me, like a lot of people have asked me. Um, you know, has anything changed? You know, recently I had a conversation with one of my um, friends and she was like, yeah, like, I just was wondering, like, you don't post a lot of like, you know, like Black Lives Matter stuff or, mm-hmm. you know, anything related to like the protests. It's yeah. like, is, you know, is there, what's the deal behind that? And it's just like, I didn't take any offense to the question. Yeah. What I, well, my answer was more of like, you know, I live this, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I, I, like, I'm an advocate for this. Every Absolutely. Right. Me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, I'm going to still like, you know, live my regular life. Like yeah. I'm not going to turn my whole life into, you know, uh, you know, justice for, you know, black people. Mm-hmm. Um, because I like, I literally live that way mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, different things that I do, whether it's work related, yeah. whether it's, you know, social with, you know, friends, yeah. uh, you know, having these conversations and always, you know, I, I know where I'm at on the, on the side of the, yeah. you know, the you have nothing to prove. Yeah. So it's more of like, I'm, I'm going to live, you know, this life yeah. where I'm going to speak up for myself, speak yeah. up for people that look like me yeah. and you know, be a representation, you know, for people that look like me. So that's wow. it. Ah, <laughs> Dozer. I love you. And I seriously am just so grateful 
for you to have you in my life, for you to be so open, for you to be so just willing. This is like the first, this is like the first time we've talked in a few years. I know. So I literally like, am we're just talking like, oh, what's up, Britt? Like, right? Like, it's as if like, no time is I When I messaged you, I realized that literally our last message was in 2017. And it's just, but it's nice to know that because of the foundation, <laughs> seriously. And it was like, miss you, Dozer, love you. <laughs> and, but it's just. Yeah, exactly. That's love. You know, it, it, it's a, yeah, the foundation that we had already built was, I think, based on, you know, mutual respect and um, a really solid friendship where we can have these conversations, like you said, you know, without judgment. And I just, um, I, I hope that you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. Because it's something that I think truly is going to have an impact on the person that I am and the person that I want to be. And I hope that people listening to this have that kind of same experience from it. So I love it. We're going to make it go viral. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thanks, goes. Um, and now we'll talk more than every three years. <laughs> Please. I'm an open book. Um, and that is, it's something personally like I, I charge myself with. Is like You're actually pretty wise yes so you, you wanna, are you might want to talk about something sometimes yes. uh, not just you know give people you know the latest rap music absolutely <laughs> Amazing. but i'm never gonna i'm not gonna change who i really am but yes. I, i'm gonna grow yep uh, i encourage everyone else to feel that love it that's it for today thanks so much for listening this is your daily reminder that even though we have to stay six feet apart there's no better time to stay connected So go text someone you love and let them know that you're thinking of them. I know I'm going to. Bye.